0: What's up, Redemption? Hope you're having a great week. This is John here again with another episode of The Threshing Floor. Episode four already, as we've already got three in the books, and hopefully this one makes it past production here. We have Brad back joining us after missing last week. How you doing, Brad? Man, I'm glad to be back. Glad you got me on. All right, and this week we're going to be discussing a topic that's been going around on the boards of potential new starter decks and what we might have... uh, desires to see in those starter decks and we'll kind of review our experience with starter decks and we'll also go over some spoilers from this week and we'll if we have time maybe talk about some decks that we're playing currently and what we're seeing in our deck building with the changes to the game so we're glad you're here thanks for sticking around and we'll get right into it All right. so again, my name is John, and we've got Brad here, and we're going to be talking about potential starter decks, but before we get into that, we'll go over a card that I'm pretty sure that Brad's pretty happy for, a spoiler that we have all but a sliver of. Um, We received pieces over the last few days, and someone was kind enough to go ahead and glue those together for the community. I'm not sure who that was, but what do you think about David's heart, Brad? So if there was
1: ever a spoiler that I feel like I should be able to comment on is this one. If you don't know me by now, y'all know I like David, heart after God, music-themed um, type of offense. I mean, that's that's pretty much what I will run in just about every tournament. I might switch it up here or there, but uh, the idea of having this artifact, uh, shuffle a demon in a territory, take a good enhancement that involves music, from deck or reserve, if your lone musician is blocked, you may draw one or negate an evil card. Let me just tell you what that looks like, John, for whatever defense you try to put up against me. <laughs> First of all, I'm be able to shuffle one of your demons in territory. I know you're going to have one. Who said
0: I'm going to play demons? I
1: know you'll have demons, okay? Second of all, I'll be able to take a good enhancement that involves music. You know what? I'm already getting another enhancement with David. You know what? I'm already getting another enhancement with Book of the Law that's out there whenever you block me from hand. And, uh, you know what, once I am blocked, I'm going to negate your guy and I'm going to have, uh, Mary's protect out there. So how do you think you're going to come up against that?
0: What if Noah shuffles your (laughs) heart? Don't do it. Noah,
1: (laughs) Noah is a, once he's a want to be, I mean, he had to have played something on the arc. What do you think? Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I will say though, that I really did like this card. I I think it's kind of cool that it says shuffle a demon in a territory, um, I almost wonder if there's a if there's a, a demon in GOC that you might want to shuffle on your own. Yeah. To where oh. to where like on defense you go and get that demon for a benefit, like negate heroes if you bring it out or something like that.
1: Maybe one will have a pretty cool star ability that you can shuffle back in there and draw it again.
0: I, I, don't, know. I don't know, but I did say the uh, that this looked like a baby throne because <laughs> you get to you get to take your good enhancement. And then if you use David the Psalmist with this, you get to play an enhancement when you go into battle. And then you also get the draw one and potential negate.
1: And see, my thinking is just like, I just don't know that I could ever get away from either heart after God or if I was making some kind of other deck, it would just be outcast refuge. But I see what you're saying with, you know, David the Psalmist. Play you know.
0: abilities are very rare in rotation and you have to work a little bit for this one because you have to have the hero and you have to have David's harp, the artifact. But if you put those two together, you have a recurring play first pre-block, and
1: but then you have a single character in battle. You know, if you want to get the benefit, like if you're a lone musician with David Harp to God, it's not so bad because he can be meek and protected. But and he could also get stuff off of, like, Book of the Law and things like that. But, you know, I'm saying it's just like, that's a lot to commit to.
0: Yeah, and you're and you're just... You're, just you're, you're tunnel vision with Heart After God. <laughs> the same way that I have tunnel vision for Noah the Righteous.
1: You know, that's actually going to be a good point, though, whenever we do get into the starter decks yeah. <laughs> of how we kept our themes for the most part. <laughs> uh, but I won't jump ahead.
0: Okay. Um, then we also have one that we had a couple of pieces spoiled today and i i I was really happy with this one because gabe put it out at uh at at, i forget whatever the time time stamp was and seven minutes later i posted the full image i had went and i'll I'll be honest guys i know it 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 might seem like i have some kind of like pre pre knowledge of this i have no idea what spoilers are have no idea The only thing I do is get on Google. (laughs) Now, I am a lot better on Google. I'm not going to toot my own horn too much, but I'm better on Google than you are probably. Listen, I'm better on Google than anybody you know probably because my mama always said that I was hard-headed. I just didn't know when to quit. I will not give up until I find what I'm looking for. The interweb is a special place if you can navigate through all of the... Drama and nonsense, you can find the answer you're looking for, or you can just lie and say it's there, and nobody will ever fact check you.
1: Listen, there's probably about three people that I can guarantee I'll go to if I ever need an investigator that I need somebody to trust, and I'm like, because they have proven that they can find things. Like, there's one person I know you can ask, like, hey, do you know about so and so? Within five minutes, they can tell you their history, their kids, their cousins, where they are born, where they living. I'm like, how do you do this? I'm like Facebook and other things. Like, sounds familiar. So, yeah. John, you're one of them. You nice. able to put that together in seven minutes, that's, nice. that's impressive.
0: Turns out Derek's not the only investigator in the redemption community. <laughs> 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 so, this new, this new card, Gabe did say that would have prints in the title. So, it kind of led me to Daniel Ten. Where you have the mention of Prince of Persia, and um, it also says Michael, your prince, or Michael, one of the chief princes. So it led me to initially thinking it would be Michael, but that hasn't been guaranteed or uh, hasn't been revealed yet. It hasn't been guaranteed that it is one of the angels that has already seen uh, a card printed. Gabe did, in fact, actually go the other way. He didn't say that it would be a completely new one, but he did say there's a lot of new source material potential with angels that have not even been printed yet. So do you do you have a guess, Brad, on what this card could be?
1: Well, he doesn't like he's delivering a message. He looks like he's
0: ready for battle.
1: So maybe that has something to do with it.
0: Well, he it did say <laughs> in Daniel 10 that they were going to take out the Prince of Persia. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, I mean. I, I still think for me, and I, I changed it to my my, my guess on um, Discord just a, a little bit ago that I think if it, if you had to if you if you made me guess right now I would say that it's going to be Michael Your Prince I think that would be a really cool title mm. because at the end of that it says Michael Your Prince that's the title that it uses and it uses basically that same wording in several different translations mm. And I think that would be a really cool title, so it's not the something. It's just Michael, your prince. I think that would be kind of a twist on we don't have anything that's specifically like that.
1: Yeah. I really don't have a good guess on this one. I'm looking at this picture, and I'm like, man, it's just all up in the air. I don't even I don't even know what to say. So. Rob,
0: Rob said it looked like it was going to be another angel of the Lord. And if it was an angel of the Lord, trust me. I would end up having the card, and I would like the card. I would love yeah. the card, but yeah. I do not. I do not want another. <laughs> I, I do not want another one. We've seen too many of them in in a short amount of time to where I'd rather it be something else exciting that we haven't seen.
1: You know, if it did something along with discarding an evil character, and it was Old Testament. You could always search them out with David or After God, and then you would have. It. You people, okay, that's the last time I'll bring it up. Do you people
0: see what I have to deal with? This.
1: Okay, you can make something about Noah if you want.
0: I, I'm I'm not. I'm not. I'm branching out. I'm not playing Noah. Yeah. No. I, I, I haven't I haven't started coming up with my my new Noah deck.
1: We need some Noah support, in GOC.
0: <laughs> um well considering he's clay considering he's green considering he's gold considering he wait is he gold oh yeah that's right he's every brigade true so you can pretty much make all the support work for him Let's go. especially if you want to manipulate things like authority of Christ, i like yeah. to do yeah. <laughs> yeah um so we'll uh move right along and we'll start talking about the starter deck thread that was going around on the boards, and if you haven't seen it, it's a it's a fantastic read, and I would suggest that everyone go and read that. It was started by a friend of the podcast, fellow um, content creator Redemption with Jaden, host Jaden. And if I say his name, I might say it wrong, so I won't say it so that he can't correct me.
1: You're getting sponsored
0: by Redemption with Jaden, so you got to say <laughs> it a few more times this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, he he started this, and it was just. What would you like to see in K&L starter decks? Which K&L would be following the theme of A and B, C and D, all the way up to I and J, which is the current starter decks. But it's been a few years on those, so it is getting time for potential new starter decks.
1: I want to say you said eight years, Yeah, if I'm correct.
0: Yeah, something like that. Um, so we'll just get into that and talk about, we don't have a wealth of, of knowledge about previous starter decks, but we did... In our first encounter with Redemption, go and purchase the G and H starter deck, which I think was listed as like fourth edition starter decks or something. Had fourth edition rule book.
1: That was that was the
0: IJ. Was it? Yeah. The other sure. one came in the it was red. Like a tenth anniversary. Yeah. The other one came in like the Another red red packaging G and H one. Uh, but anyway, we had G and H and 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 what what's the What's the first thing you remember about those starter decks, Brad?
1: Well, I remember opening them and uh, thought it was pretty cool, but um, we had no idea how to play. (laughs) Everything that we learned of how to play Redemption came from that rule book, uh, which is easier than the reg, but still a lot to kind of take in in and of itself. But um, I remember playing – I th- I feel like I played with the Disciples first or – I can't remember which one I played with first. But, um, yeah, I mean, John and I picked them up, started playing with them, just a couple of games. Uh, John can probably tell you a little bit more about this, but he was just kind of like, okay, now that I got a taste of it, I'm ready for the next thing. I was kind of like, you know, these are pretty cool. Like, I like the way they interact. I feel like they're fairly balanced. Yeah, they did a good job on that, so – I was, I was a little impressed with them at first, for sure.
0: I thought they were too watered down to be something that you played more than once. So as soon as we played that first game, and I was like, okay, this is the mechanics, this is the win condition, I've got the basics, now throw these cards away and never show them to me again. <laughs> I wanted all of the excitement. You know the, the phrase, someone doesn't want the smoke in that moment. I did indeed want all of the smoke.
1: (laughs) You wanted all the smoke. You didn't know what the smoke was (laughs) though.
0: I will say that after we started playing actual decks that we built, I was, I don't know what the right way to word this is, but I definitely was disappointed with how much of the game there was that we were not made to expect off of the starter deck. At that point, we had to learn all about a reserve. Um, ba- based off of the INJ starter decks. Now, we did have G&H that had artifacts, and I think there might have been sites. I'm not 100% sure. But I never personally played with those because I didn't like the look of them. I did not like the ability written over the card when you compare them to the INJ. INJ is obviously newer, so I just stuck with the newer, played it. I had the g and I just didn't play them.
1: Yeah, I would say, man, the g and the G&H um, were very confusing. Like to play, they were they were kind of frustrating with the ignore and immune and like some random terms and like some of the interactions in there. Especially playing I and J first, like that was the first one we we, we actually played that first. And you, like you said, you never played the G and H, but uh, I remember playing with somebody else and like it was just it was rough. Uh, going back to that one, not to <laughs> try to hurt anybody's feelings for making it or anything, but going from that to that, it was like I and J was definitely a step up as far as, like, simplifying it, being able to, you know, for a new player, especially somebody who – usually when somebody comes into the game, for the most part, they have somebody helping them along the way. We were thrown into the fire, and uh, we definitely had to, like, learn all kind of stuff. Man, we had so much wrong. (laughs) Like, we would sit there – our games, um, when we finally did get some uh, contender decks, were like – two and three hours a game, <laughs> you know, and we were playing so wrong. So when we ended up playing, people actually knew the game. We, we just got destroyed.
0: Part of, part of the reason for those long games, though, were the fact that we were learning so much that we were not made aware of with the starter decks. Yeah. And I get that it's a fine balance, and that's what a lot of people talked about on the boards was you have to decide what your overall objective is for starter decks, do you want the starter deck to introduce, get people get people introduced to the game, get their feet wet, dip their toe in the water, and then you have when people the silence button, Brad? <laughs> Everyone shame Brad about the fact that he just got a notification from Sports Center. What's the score, Brad? I
1: don't know. I think my fantasy team is losing.
0: Yeah, It's
1: probably a pretty good. I'm, guess. I'm two
0: and zero oh this week. Um. Anyway, back back on point. I, th- I think you have to decide what your overall objective is for a starter deck. Do you want to introduce people to the game and then them potentially have some negative feelings or you just kind of leave it to chance how they get introduced through the other aspects of the game that necessar- aren't necessarily presented in the starter decks? Or do you want to present the majority of the game mechanics and then, I, I don't know, I guess it's a fine line, what do you think the best the best balance there is of that situation? Okay.
1: So, the best way I can talk into this would be um some experience that we had with trying to teach Royal Rangers uh at one of the Alabama powwows that we had here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh we had several people. We had like Chris and uh Jay and um who else is there?
0: Tyler, Tyler was there. And Jeremy, me, and <laughs> you.
1: Like, so there's several of us, and we're teaching most of these kids, 10, 11, 12, maybe 13 years old. You know, to be honest, in my opinion, when it comes to starter decks, I think that's probably going to be your target audience. So I don't mind that it's more simple, that it's uh, scaled back, and it doesn't quite have all the mechanics that, you know, you would see in tournaments or, or even just playing somebody who's played for a while. Because what I notice, and I know we're going to get into a lot of this, I don't I don't know how to scale it back so i'm just going to talk about some of this um just run with yeah, it just running with it here uh one of the things that was very frustrating for 11 12 year old is whenever they're playing you know and you're teaching them hey this is how you play this is an enhancement this is a hero you can put them down you go into battle whatever uh there was a couple of things that were very frustrating uh and one of them was whenever the cards didn't match so there was two different colors you know on offense and defense and when they had enhancements in their hand and they couldn't play them, they kept saying, why can't I play this? Why can't I play this? Well, the colors don't match. Well, why can't the colors match? And I'm like, you know, that's that's a great point. And um, I feel like if, if you do have a starter deck and you're trying to target younger kids, instead of like trying to teach them about the different colors and stuff, I think that they just want to be able to play. And so that was a big point. Not having souls out there. I mean, how easy? You're not an aggro draw deck. You know, uh, if you don't draw a a lost soul off the jump, they try to go into battle. They don't have anything to rescue. And so they're sitting there like, You're telling me I can't do anything this turn? I just go into battle. They decline it. You know, it's like, so, you know, in my opinion, that's another thing. Maybe you should start out with one or two or three lost souls in territory um, in a deck. I know that, I know I'm talking a lot on this, but I'm just throwing out a couple points that you can respond to. I know you will. but i forgot who it was on the discord that uh, ended up with the concept of a type light or the, like uh what was it called raid the, the raid yes you know? which
0: was fantastic at nationals and i don't want to toot my own horn but i am the first ever raid champion at nationals <laughs> let's go that's a title that even john will never have
1: but it scaled it down it made it single brigade uh you're you're trying to win three souls right and um it's it it the games take, like, 25, 30 minutes, right? Somewhere around there.
0: For Raid? Yeah. No. How long? No, like two minutes sometimes. Okay. It's like, okay. but I'm sorry, like It's like, like lightning somebody. speed. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, probably. So if you're teaching
1: somebody new, they can get through a game in 25, 30 minutes. Definitely. Easy.
0: Can you can probably you can probably actually teach and go through the pace of, like, a two out of three in that same time frame.
1: Yeah. And so you guys are familiar with the cards. I mean, it was easy to get a five-minute game in or whatever. What you don't want is you're trying to shoot somebody the game, you're trying to get to five souls, and it takes an hour, hour and a half. And it's kind of like, that's a little demoralizing with that. So I know I've thrown a lot out there. You can't respond to any of that.
0: Um, I do like that you identified in your analysis a target audience. And again, that goes back to my other point, that you have to find out what your overall objective is for the game. So... The target audience in your situation you think should be teaching kids how to play the game. And if you are teaching kids, I agree with a lot of your points. I think, though, the biggest thing, the most annoying thing with the starter decks was the situation where you say where you don't have a soul. Yes. And then the decks do not draw that much. And there's one enhancement that puts souls in play for each deck. If you don't get to that, you could have three or four turns Potentially, that's me taking a turn, you taking a turn. That's two turns, three, and then four, potentially without souls. Yeah. And then they finally come out, and you've got so many resources in your hand now because you built them up. And you're discarding. Yeah, you're discarding resources, but you've got so many that that next battle, Mm -hmm. that next battle then becomes an absolute battle of who has the most negates. (laughs) And I also also didn't like in – the starter decks that had the Philistine weapons, they get removed from play. You play a negate the last card, okay? You negate my weapon. And then the way special initiative works is if I negate your negate, you can't do anything about my weapon technically because you can only negate the last card played to where...
1: I feel like cascade negate was still around when we
0: played. It was, it was like, but it was like really confusing yes. to understand oh man, that. that. That was very confusing and to keep up with where the initiative lies in the special initiative. Yeah, because in that situation, the way special initiative works is if I've negated your negate that negated my weapon initially, and you you can hear how I'm describing it, and it's just like already confusing. Yeah, so hopefully, you understand what I'm saying. So, there's a weapon that you can discard this card to discard a hero. Okay, now you play a negate to negate my weapon, negate the last played. Now you play a negate the last card, you're negating my weapon. Well now, I come in with initiative, negate your negate. Now you're backing special initiative and you cannot target my negate. You have to target the card that puts you in special initiative, which is the weapon again. But your enhancement is limited to negate the last card, so it can only target my negate. it can't target what is actually putting you in special initiative, so by game rule, you can't do anything, yeah, and that's one of those things that nobody in the starter decks ever really pick up on and by the no. time you pick up on it, you're ready for a new new challenge and I think
1: I think with Cascade negate, that would be legal, but when they got rid of it, I think you're right that now you're just. There's nothing you can do about yes. it, yes, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, um,
0: so that was kind of one of the one of the things that now now that you you acknowledge that's how that would work. I don't like that mechanic, I don't like that you build so many resources in your hand too by the fact that there's sold out to where then it's just like boom, boom, it's literally just back and forth who who has the last negate, yeah. and that's when – win because it I get that the starter decks don't need to include a lot of player skill, it needs to be mostly luck based to introduce the game but it's almost like if i had all these resources and i had to discard them in the two turns before because it had i had to discard something to get my hand down to eight and now finally there's a soul on the board and i have a chance to rescue it and i need the cards that i had to discard because there was no souls in play Mm -hmm. it feels like i don't know it feels like that could lead to a frustrating experience with the game and nobody wants a frustrating experience for anybody trying to learn the game. Yeah,
1: I, and I think uh, just a couple of thoughts I had as far as – so I want to get into something else here in just a second. Um, but I think if you're going to make a starter deck, it needs to be fun. It, like fun needs to be really at the center of, of what you're driving for. I can and, get behind that. And um, like so eaten by worms card was like the card. <laughs> I think that the art needs to look cool. The, the names need to be fun the abilities need to be something that's just like not the negate 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 stuff but like
0: we man, need I, we need something <laughs> and we'll we'll touch on this in a minute when we talk about what we would do with the starter decks yeah there definitely needs to be something that highlights I can't explain to you and you know how much I I was affected adversely by the artwork on the previous cards <laughs> like the gnh starter deck angel wars we're not gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a podcast at some point where i don't mention angel wars we're gonna open some angel wars packs and, comment <laughs> <on them. laughs> and build a deck yeah i know you and Jaden didn't work on that um but anyway the point is seeing the new artwork and how much that pulls me in and engages me and that's kind of why i like jumping on the spoiler channel so quickly is like the new artwork yeah. and what gabe is doing to set that up and I I just really enjoy that and it's engaging and I think we should highlight that in the starter decks. I'm not saying yeah. the whole the whole thing should be like full art cards, but at least a couple a couple yeah, of yeah, full like art some, cards cards something that when you see this,
1: some of them have some foil, you right? Know, the ho, you know, holographics or whatever. Like or in, in in
0: most in most starter decks, so you go yeah. and buy a Pokemon. The, the The first one is like a hollow card. Yeah. Yeah, we don't or Bulls, we don't necessarily you know, or, have hollow cards. And I don't think we're getting them anytime soon. I don't think we're going back to foil cards anytime soon. But you could put, like, the marquee card in the deck is a full art, borderless card to where it engages and, boom, now I really want to pick this up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's something you could do.
1: And you want those characters that, like... like people would gravitate towards. Like, oh, yes. I really want to play so-and-so. Like, I have these other
0: cool characters, but... With man, limited Bible I... experience, yeah. you want them to be able to recognize. So, like, G&H was Moses. Yeah. And I don't know what the other deck was. It's probably John. I, and yeah. I don't remember. You played those. I didn't. Or I
1: was thinking the I&J, but, you know. But
0: then you had the Disciples, and people might know uh-huh. the Disciples, but I don't know how many people without Bible experience is going to know much about Ruth. Yeah, or, or necessarily care about Ruth, so I think you have to, I think you have to decide what your target audience is, and then I think you've got to build around things that engage that target audience. So make them fun, you know, pull them in with the artwork, and then make them characters that people gravitate towards. Yeah. And How I, many I, copies of David are there in the game? Twelve. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're. More. I think we're probably getting more. They said. We just got David's heart. Where's the Where's the David and Goliath deck starter deck? A kid knows about the story of David and Goliath. Yeah, you can't you can't watch college football on a Saturday and not hear this is a classic David and Goliath story.
1: And even if like obviously you'd want to scale back Goliath from what he is right now, but like if you did have like let's say a starter deck with David and Goliath, which probably not in this set, but. um you know, that would be an epic battle, you know, like somebody pulls out David, somebody's got Goliath, it's like, okay, let's
0: see who's going to win this. Um, of course, we know who won, but, yeah. uh, But you know, it could be it different. It would be fun to be reenact fun. that and you have know? that come to life for the target audience again.
1: Now, I will say, you know, to your point, I mean, when we picked this game up, you know, we were 30 years old. And uh, so it it the level of excitement was through the roof at first, and then it was like, It came crashing down because of the basicness of it, which I understand. But I do think for people, the majority of people who pick up the game are probably teenagers or younger, I would think, who are new to the game. And I think that 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 does appeal to them, you know, with that that style of play and everything. Um, Now, I will make mention, um, probably off topic, but some people on um, on the forums brought up some good points. Somebody said, hey, let's make four decks. They're all single brigade, offense and defense. They're different colors, all of them. Let's try to use brigades that haven't been used in a starter deck yet. Um, But there's four options out there, so you're not just playing with the same two all the time. You get to pick one. Also, uh, which I know that may not be feasible, but maybe you make two of them that are more beginner and two of them that are more advanced. And so whoever's buying them can choose, and that way they can kind of take the next step up.
0: I think that that's a valid idea. Don't don't let me don't let me rain on anyone's idea. But I think you're looking at doubling the price at least. Yeah. And then for someone that's going to be introduced to the game that's not going to necessarily play with the starter decks long like me, I played. I literally think we played one maybe two games, and I was like, dude, I'm out. I went to I found Three Lions Gaming first. I bought a Prophecy of Christ. He was selling Prophecy of Christ Common set for twenty five dollars. I was like, Okay, latest set, all the commons, twenty five dollars, got you. Yeah. We got those cards in, and you remember I threw that like minor profit deck together. Yeah. And the abilities on those cards were so far and away better. Yes. And so much more complex. And it was like this is engaging to me. me, to me. Adapt. <laughs> yes. This this is engaging to me because there's different things you can do. So and you shouldn't have that in the starter deck. I don't think, but I don't think you should, you should plan, I don't think you should plan for people to play the starter decks extensively. No,
1: but I do think. You want to pull them in, get
0: them, get them gravitated toward the game to the point to where they're willing to invest into the product. So. With that being said... Starter deck should be, in in this case, to me, I think it should operate more like a salesman sample. You can go and use it to introduce people to the game, but you want it to be so engaging that they're willing to buy into the product. Yep.
1: So it needs to be fun. It needs to be captivating. And the abilities need to, you know, be in such a way that people are like... You know, they'll laugh or something, you know, like, oh, I took a card from your hand, you know, like, oh, I got this one, you know, or I played... You know, like those type of interactions is what people are looking for, you know, more so with a starter deck. And again, my experience with it, the only people I've taught it to have been kid age, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I taught you know, one teenager maybe who again did the same thing we did. Okay, I played a couple games, all right, now I'm looking for the next thing. Bring on the real cards, you know. Right. <laughs> like, um but you know, kids they'll play with them for a while, you know, before they fair you know, want to jump into something else. And I think that that's, you know, but
0: I I don't think that you, you should build the product to the point to where you're expecting them to go to step two with starter decks. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I, I feel like if they're going to invest more money into the game, I would rather them buy the starter deck and it's almost like sealed, get the starter deck and give them three packs, two or three packs of the newest set and increase the price that way to where, instead of paying, I know now it's $10, and it'll probably naturally be more for starter decks when the new ones come out. But for, say, $25, if you can get two or three packs of the latest set and the starter deck, Mm -hmm. and now you've got cards that you can grow with, start your collection with, all in one. It's kind of like the 10 10 cans that you get with Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. I don't know how Magic the Gathering does theirs. I never purchased any of those. But the point is, Don't have them linger with the starter decks. Have them use the starter deck as as that springboard if you want to get them to invest into it and maybe tweak it to where you have more complex interactions. Do that with booster packs because it then has them go through the process of opening up. Oh, man, I just pulled. Think about the kid that pulls a starter deck, grabs a pack, a random pack that's included with the starter deck, and pulls an ultra rare. And he goes over to Derek's website, your turn games or three lions, and that card's worth 65 bucks. Um, And now he's got a card he can either keep and value it, or he can use it as, you know, a way to trade for more cards to start a collection.
1: So, and that just reminds me too, which I think this is a great idea. And with you being the investigator that you are, it wasn't hard to find. Okay, I got this battle box or I got all these commons or whatever. But having, like, something, like a QR code or, like, a link or something you can go to to say, hey, here's the next step. Yeah. And for us, the next step was a contender deck. Each of us, that's not meant to be a plug, but here's a plug for Derek. <laughs> I, actually,
0: I actually did not buy a contender deck because really, Derek put cards in there that I did not want. I, th- I did not want to play antediluvian defense, so I actually oh. bought mine individually. Like, I bought the individual cards. And I know that I probably spent more money in retrospect but I had a defense that I wanted to play.
1: Okay. Well, I
0: did all my research, like you're talking about research. I looked at the fact that Flood had gotten so close to the top but couldn't quite get over that hump, and they were all playing pretty much crimson defense. So I decided what crimson defense I wanted, and – I remember how frustrated it made you when you yeah. got introduced to Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar's Beltisar's Banquet, all kinds of goodies. Uh, a, Nurgle like, or however you say his name. <laughs> okay. And to be honest,
1: this is, I don't know if I ever told you this, but this is how I made my decision. Because, you know, there was a bunch of contender decks to choose from, right? You know, a yeah. bunch of different themes and stuff. I made my decision on what deck to get based on YouTube videos. And I saw, like, there wasn't very many out there, so the ones I saw, they were playing Joshua and Captain.
0: I know which video you watch. You know it's about, the right? one where it's like, um, it's the one. I think it's got like the the title is like Slick Rick, uh, Slick <laughs> Wrist or something. <laughs> I have. It's no got idea some about weird that. like nickname for somebody. I have but no it's idea got, who was playing. It's but. like JD and somebody play, or it's the it's where JD wins. I, I think Nats and he wins like another category. That video. And there's commentary on the video, and it's like he pushes. He's got Hezekiah's Signet Ring out. Yeah. He pushes with Joshua Captain, one of the strongest rescues in the game.
1: Yep. And and, and, <laughs> and they were taken. like I remember Joshua or Captain would take their Joshua and ban to him or something like that. And uh, I was sitting there, I was like, man, yeah, because they would talk about like this is the strongest rescue in the game. Like this is the best, you know, whatever. I was like, I gotta have this deck. Then I want to win. <laughs> little,
0: little did you know that there was a thing called Throne. Yeah, <laughs> imagine if you had picked up Throne from the from day one. Well I know that we had we had, we had we had learned about yeah. Throne after we got our starter decks or whatever. Um and started doing some research and we that's where I think we mutually decided we're not going yeah. to play because like let's it's get something like,
1: besides besides
0: what people think is like the top tier deck.
1: And that's when I thought I had a leg up on you because I was like, hey, they said this is the best combo in the game. But it got flooded. (laughs) I remember you were so
0: mad because we didn't have access to like Shipwreck or Rubble and Dust or anything. Oh, man. And you were like, how do I get around this arc? There's really nothing because it's in Set Aside.
1: But one of the cool things about that that I'll say like coming off of the starter decks and buying, you know, upgrading to Contender or whatever, I still use a lot of those cards, I would say. Or have you... Until rotation, especially. Um, I kept a lot with the red theme and the black defense. I still use the black defense to this day. Um, So, it was pretty cool. And you still use Noah. (laughs) It's a different Noah. But um, every time you try to branch off, not making... Not throwing too many shots at you, but every time you try to break off something else, you always seem to find your way back into Noah. Not the flood, perhaps... But Genesis, no, I, I think Genesis
0: <laughs> is so much better than Flood Survivors. Yeah, although I do think that they get held back
1: from well the creation deck, of course, too. I mean, it was yeah. just you know if you didn't prepare for it, it's one of the things, like you said, like I mean, if you don't know that Belshazzar's banquet's coming and all that stuff, or Nebuchadnezzar to go into great fish, and it's like if you if you don't know about that.
0: Or that random Jonah rescue where you use great fish as an enhancement, <laughs> CBN. Um, so let's, let's we we've yeah. tailed off and gone down the rabbit hole we of, of things off. of of us upgrading from starter deck. I will say one other thing. You want to talk about how serious we took it or I took it? Do you remember the first time? Like you were like, okay, well I just bought a contender deck and I showed up at your house to play and I reached in my backpack and I pulled out. I had made a custom like binder cover and everything for the latest edition of the reg. Yes. And I had it in page inserts and we were flipping through this. Like how many pages is that thing? I, I don't know. I don't I know how I, I didn't, something. I don't know how I didn't get fired <laughs> for using all the, all the ink <laughs> at work, but I printed that thing out and we were so we were sitting there, and that's part of the reason our games took a lot of Two time. Two three hours was because we were trying to find yes. out not just for this game, but for future games, how this interaction is supposed to work according to the rules. I'm sorry and that brings <laughs> up before we before we tell off. That brings up the fact that the included rule book is not very good for introducing the game because it it's a lot of it leaves a lot of interactions as vague to where you have to either have prior knowledge of card games and kind of use that knowledge lean on that knowledge to understand what it's saying it doesn't spell things out in the best way possible okay for a complete somebody that's not that's not used to strategic card games let me
1: make two comments on that first off I want to apologize to all the people who are answering our questions at two three and four in the morning on Wednesday nights yes um, that uh, we would just sit there and be like I hope somebody's up I hope somebody's up and Luckily enough, is either Derek or Dim Snaggy or somebody. You know, like somebody was up, thankfully, because um, you know we got some pretty heated arguments. But it's because
0: I am th- surprised we didn't wake your kids up more than we did. Oh man,
1: I'm sure, and they would come in. Yeah, they would actually come out crying and stuff, <laughs> like looking for I don't know. Anyways, um, yes, I actually will push back on on you on that when it comes to the starter deck. I. I would like I like the idea of having a simplified rule book that only pertains to the interactions that you would see in the starter decks. Because again, if you're going if you're trying to introduce the game, you want it to be fun, you want it to be easy, you want the complicated stuff to come later. And so if somebody if I hand a book to a parent, like like we do at the um Royal Rangers, the kids buy the starter decks. We teach them just a little bit here and there. They go home. They're handing that. They're not reading that book. They're handing that to their parents. Their parents, if they get this big, massive binder of rules, they're gonna be like, "Dude, what did you get?" And they're just gonna like throw it to the side. Who? What, who it's has the no instructions for the cult? Yeah. <laughs> <for> the
0: cult. <laughs> um, Dimes in your pocket, Adidas on your feet, or was it quarters in your pocket? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, don't drink the Kool Aid, kids.
1: There was one thing that really helped us. You printed out a sheet that had like how yes. the territory and it had yes. how you where you place everything. And I don't even know
0: where that originated from, but I will I will source that. I got it from Derek's website, Your Turn Games, under resources. There's a single page. It just kind of lays yeah. out everything you need. Now I'm I'm also and I agree with you 100 percent about the rule book in the starter deck needs to only include what is the interactions that are being targeted in the starter decks, I think it needs to, and this is kind of what I'll get into in a minute, but it needs to set the expectation of there's more to the game Yes. so that you don't read that small rule book and then go into it and find out all these new card types and then you're overwhelmed because you weren't prepared. I'm not saying to explicitly lay out what all is available in the game, but you can you can include enough information that you let someone know what to expect if you get into the game.
1: Well, I think that's where promotion has to come in where, whether it's links to videos of people playing or just like links to cards where people can find them or, or whatever, uh, or even just a way to like chat. Hey, you can type in a chat here and ask people questions. Like somebody is available to ask questions like we do on discord or whatever. Um, you know i mean that can really pull somebody f- further in once they know that you know something else is available i think so
0: all right so let's let's go here close your eyes for a minute <laughs> close your eyes now forget everything that you know forget everything you know about you as a person you have just lost your identity and now you are cactus game design owner and creator of redemption Rob Anderson so Rob what do you what you have the floor make the starter deck a hundred percent your in it, your image I want you to tell me as much detail as you can about what your product looks like and then I will tell you mine
1: okay wow well first off I'll say I'm glad that I'm not and I think these guys are doing a great job because this is a big job. <laughs> and um, I couldn't even imagine taking – I can barely run a youth service, <laughs> much less a big card game like this. Um, I shall throw no shade. I was not
0: <laughs> I was not very good at running a youth service <laughs> in my brief time.
1: Nine years in, and I'm still like, how do you do this? No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, like, okay, I think it'll be it, – all right, I'm trying to create a new – um, starter decks for this new, you know, probably the biggest, most excitement over a set to come out, period, right? I mean, GOC, there's there's just a lot there.
0: Well, there is, but also there's no set, set date for new starter decks, so we don't know if they're coming out True. while this set is the latest set. It might be two sets from now, three sets. So just –
1: But GOC will you, be out. Yes, so. using the
0: information that you have – what would your starter decks look like?
1: So, again, if, if it were me, it would be simple. It would be fun. I, I would have fun names. I would have the best, the easiest characters, you know, to recognize. Obviously, you'll have some support characters, and you want that because you want people to know, like, this isn't just, like, a shallow, like, basic game at the same time. So you'll, you'll throw some of them guys in there. Like, people, something that people can learn, because that's a big part of the game, too. You want people to learn more about the Bible You want them to be interested in it. You want them to be able to say, hey, who is this character? And talk with their friends about it. Like, engage in conversation. Like, that's awesome. Um, So I I like that. Again, if it were me, I would go with the single. I know what they're trying to do, you know, pulling in different, like, brigades. But I think if you see the other deck and know that, like, there's different, you know, colors to heroes, you know, there's angels or there's humans, there's demons, there's... Evil humans. There's animals, maybe you know, whatever. I'm not even opposed to having star abilities, as long as they're like fun ones, you know, like draw, you know, if you have this or look at your opponent's hand would be a big one. Um, things like that. Uh, I like the territory class. I would I would keep that. Um, they tossed around the idea of a reserve. I'm not opposed to a reserve. I think that it needs to be like. You know, for the starter decks, maybe you have the you don't have much of a chance to change out, like, the next game. Okay, I want this card in reserve because, like, the cards are probably target a specific card, you know, that you need. Like, on defense, you can go to your reserve, grab this card or whatever. Um, but I like the idea of playing to win rather than restricting your opponent if that makes sense. So I'm not, like, throwing out babbles and shields and, you know, c- confusion of mind and all that Not stuff. in the
0: starter deck price, you're not.
1: <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't want to tr- limit my opponent as much as I want to try to win, you know, and and that's what I would be going for. Um, but I do like the idea of trying to make it interactive in battle. You do want to play two or three enhancements in a battle um, or something like that. And um, I think that the, I like the idea of the decks having a certain strategy to them. Um, so whether that's hand control or whether that's a big band or maybe it's, um, you know, withdrawing or discarding or, what you know, whatever the theme is, uh, I, I like that because people can get behind and, and learn the strategy of the game because that's a lot. You know, I know you don't do it quite as much maybe as other people do, but a lot of people build their decks around a theme. You know, what am I trying to accomplish with my defense? Am I trying to discard all their characters? Am I just trying to get in and get out, you know, protect souls, hide souls? What's the overall arching strategy of the deck? And I think, uh, you know, having that helps people learn, you know, what strategies you can do kind of later on too. So that would be me.
0: So you didn't go quite as deep as I I, I think I might here. Let's go. So Let's go deep here. First of all, let me, let me close my eyes. And shake my head. All right. Now I wake up from a coma and I am Rob Anderson. The first thing that I am going to do is realize the positives from I and J and the, like we mentioned, the starter decks before that, how simplified it became. Yes. And I'm going to focus on that again. I'm going to identify my target audience. And I would say that. Kids around the age of 10 to 12 need to be the, the strategic target audience. So that's for you. For me, because I'm thinking about the fact that our potential lifeblood moving forward could be Royal Rangers, getting new kids involved in the game. So I identify that as my target audience, and so I want to generate something that is towards, towards that target audience. I want to focus on it being fun, like we mentioned. I'm going to say that k and l is going to be balled up and i am going to throw that away because one of my favorite things when we first got into the game is looking at people's custom deck list and then you from their deck list you see them come up with this cool title like for for example john when he posted his love at first sight deck faith over false i love at first sight deck faith over false that's a cool title because it was a, you know, uh, false prophet defense. The Flood King. Yeah. I was trying not to use (laughs) a personal example. But you have – Jay had a deck called Ruthless Rulers, I think was what it was called. Or – no, that's not what he called it. Somebody else had that deck. Jay had – was it Death at the Threshing Floor? Because he played Covenant with Death and Threshing Floor. So I think – you find a way to engage with a title. And I I would come up with a title for for the starter decks. I would also acknowledge where a price point is and try to work from that. So I'm throwing out the ideas of multiple decks. Again, if I want to push them towards more complex or more like a step up, I'm going to give them basically what you get in sealed. Two or three packs. I don't remember what it is. Um... But I would probably say three packs of the, one of the latest booster sets and the starter deck. Yeah, I like that. So that you have you have something. Even if they never play the starter deck again, you, you're going to pull out these cards and potentially, I mean, that gives you at least three rares. I would also, if possible, maybe not include. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't matter because you can include the classic cards for a new player. It's fine. As long as you explain what rotation and classic is. So that they don't pull these cards out and think they can immediately use them in tournaments and whatnot. Um, but I would I would introduce card types. We would have, obviously, heroes, enhancements, good enhancements, evil characters, evil enhancements. I would include at least one or two artifacts. I would include at least one or two fortresses. I would include... I wouldn't do sights. I would include something for soul gen. Um, I would have have these included. I would also include a reserve. I like the idea of five cards because it doesn't need to be a full reserve because you're not really using it. But, again, this is another thing where you have to let them know what the current tournament rules are that you cannot access that reserve on the first turn. So now you start wondering, is that too much to give them? Is it, you know, because, hey, you've got these cards, but you can't use them. So then you have to think about that. So – I would still personally do it just because you don't want the culture shock of them getting into the game. And then, boom, I would just put the reserve and maybe with like an insert that goes over it that says reserve and has the list of cards and then has a note on it. These can be accessed after round one. Something like that. Then I would include star abilities. But I would not include complex star abilities. I wouldn't have discard a card from a reserve. I wouldn't have anything that can't work. But I would potentially have, like, draw, draw a card. If you if you draw this card and it's got a star ability, you could discard a card to draw two cards, kind of like a prosperity type effect, something like that. Or you could play a hero from hand. Something simple doesn't really break the game or anything or skew the game in any way. It just gets them used to. When I draw this, I can do it. They get they they get used to that. But my biggest thing about about the decks is I would script the first at least one round of the game so the deck the deck would come in a specific order and this would also help with the reserve rule because you can make sure there's no reserve access for the first turn of the game because you write out what they do so that each player player a player b gets a list of what they do draw your cards put your lost soul in play and you can guarantee there's a soul at the beginning get a beginning of the game in your order so that there's a interactive battle all right and i would take i would take that deck and i would walk them through literally the first turn and that means that you're picking which side is going to win the battle but it's worth it to teach them how to play the game and then you could go from that point after each player has had a turn and you could script it to where it's one and one after that so that it's even and now player one you may begin your second turn you now have access to your reserve and that's where the script drops off and now they follow out and they play the game from there but that way you make sure there's a cohesive start to the game each player has a soul out to target each player understands what they're doing and make it overly simplified to the point to where if you do give that that book to a parent they can sit down and tell that kid how to play it even though they've never seen the game don't even know what it is. And I think that's something that would be invaluable, is to have that first turn be scripted out. Now, I would, back to what we were saying about characters, themes, I would definitely come up with, like I said, a catchy title for the decks. I think David and Goliath could work. So that means that one character would get, or one one deck would have like Red Warriors, potentially, or Warrior theme with David. And then you could have the other person, have the Philistine defense with a potential Goliath, obviously, because you want the battle to be David and Goliath. So they yeah. can't be in the same deck; they're in opposite decks. The other side, I personally don't really know what is up to the level of David and Goliath. That's not Moses or early Genesis.
1: Well, wouldn't you want to have new te- or like a New Testament offense and defense?
0: I wouldn't want to force anything, so I'm thinking in my head what, and that's that's kind of like I don't know what the yeah. other thing would be, but David and Goliath is like boom. I hear that, I know that. Whether I know the Bible or anything, I know that. What is another thing that people know that strongly? I know that Moses is right there, but Moses has been done. It's like yeah, Moses. And then the you have Egyptians. the Genesis story. Yeah. So, and it could be a cool chance for potentially, like, patriarchs to come back because they lost a lot of the Sons of Jacob with rotation. Um, but that's another thing. I would I would then, in the starter deck, I would include next steps, ideas. In, in paperwork, obviously, we're going to include that, the square code that gets you to all the resources. But I would also include, like, next steps. So if you want to start playing the game competitively, this is where you can go to access... Um, tournament rules this is where you can go to access you know current RNRS standings so that they see that there's a competitive scene but I would also kind of push them almost towards and I don't know what it will be at the time that the starter decks come out but I would almost push them toward a potential GOC LOC only category and I don't know how long those are going to be in play if they're going to rotate out so you might could say that the latest couple of sets are built to have their own category. That way, if I come into the game, I've just bought a starter deck and it includes three packs of GOC, for example. Again, we don't know when the starter decks come out. But then you tell me that I can build a GOC-only deck and I've already got three booster packs. So I've already started a collection towards potentially doing that. You, you paint the path for them. It's like the Wizard of Oz and the Yellow Brick Road... They didn't, they didn't immediately end up at the at the wizard, but they knew the path. You got to paint the path for them. You got to make it easy for them to follow. So those are those are the big things that I would do with with my starter decks if I was coming up with them. What do you think about those ideas?
1: I, I do like the idea of the LOC and then going into GOC only. That is a great next step, I think, from the starter decks. Instead of like just diving off and trying to make a deck. I mean, deck building is very complicated in Redemption. I mean, which is part of the draw. You want something that, you know, it it takes a while. Like, you can't just jump into Redemption and be great. You're not going to beat the top people in Redemption.
0: Unless you're an (laughs) RLK. Right, Tyler?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're, yeah. RLK, man. Random little kid. For those of you who didn't tune in last week. Um So, so I do like that. I like the idea of what you said. Like, I would find a way to make sure there were souls out there at the beginning of the game. You know, whether like in apples to apples, you know, I was thinking of that example. Like, um, there's different ways to play the
0: game. Pretty sure there's a Christian version of that on Cactus. (laughs) (laughs) Cards against, uh, or
1: no, uh, cards Christians like. I think that's what it's called, or something like that. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, there's – so, like, there's different ways that you can play the game uh, and start it. And I, I think, like, hey, here's a way to start, you know, when you first start. You start with this many souls, or you start with these cards on top. This is your first hand or whatever. And, uh, and then you go from there.
0: Um, so did you like the idea of the full scripted first round? Um, or do you think that's too much?
1: I don't know that you would have to script it as much as – here's what I would do.
0: Think about, think about the 8-year-old – though that gets gets the starter decks in a rush and doesn't have a chance to sit down for a demo and they get home and they open it up and that parent's able to see that player a draws his top eight cards player b draws their top eight cards and then you have now drawn two lost souls put your lost souls into your land of bondage which goes here replace the draw with two new cards yeah, and, and I think it just it it there's no
1: there's no you would have to have a because I'm telling you when when kids open that they're they're fumbling around they're like going through oh this is cool like you know I mean they're not trying to keep it in order that's a
0: that's a fair point but I I, I think just having that included would be I, I think that would be worth good. it
1: I think another option could be that you have a camera over somebody's shoulder that's actually playing like if me and you were playing at a table. And, and we're like, "Hey guys, welcome uh, to the KNL uh, starter sets." I'm sure you just opened. Not your- KNL. I or- told
0: you we're getting the titles out.
1: Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> well, that's but what it's called on. right now. <laughs> it's called KNL for now. But yes, I agree with that too. Um, but hey, I know you just opened your KNL starter deck. I bet you're excited to play the game hey, we got a game here right here for you. Here's our top, you know, here's our starter. This is, and this kind of go, like I have a hero, I have this, I have that. This is what they mean, just briefly. And then, hey, here's my first turn. This is what I'm doing. I'm putting my souls down. I'm replacing the draw. And just going through those basic rules and really kind of explaining it, making it very fluid. And like what I would do for something like that was really scripted to where it doesn't seem scripted, but I know exactly what I'm saying when I'm saying it, how this is going to play out against you. And so that it's so easy for somebody to come in and be like, oh, okay, cool, okay, cool. And make sure I hit every point so that, man, if I'm 10 years old and I'm watching this video, I can watch the video and explain it to my friend without them having to watch the video and feel confident that we know how to play. I think that would be ideal. But, you know, it would have to be something that's pretty well produced, I think, and, and, you know, easy to follow and interesting. So, um, easier said than done, but.
0: As we as we wrap up that that part of that part of our conversation, it went a little long, but I think everyone's probably in a better spot for us not being Rob Anderson, yes. because people probably wouldn't like it. But uh, new sets would only come out in super packs. That that would be all. It would that would be my first change. Some people would love it. Some people would hate it. If you hate it, oh well.
1: I'm very like. <laughs> When I, when I, you know, I, I'm glad I'm not making stuff because, yeah, people just wouldn't have fun with what I make. <laughs> and I, I can be kind of like, okay, I don't see how this is working until I actually like do it or play it. And then I'm like, okay, now, okay, that makes sense. I really like this. Like when I when LOC first came out with all the flips and the meeks and all that stuff, I was really kind of like, because, uh, you know, Prophecies of Christ was like, it was a really good set. And that was the first set we came into, was when Prophecies of Christ was coming yep. in. And then we saw like, okay, and, and, and somebody had mentioned that this is supposed to be like a more of an intermediate set. It was like supposed to almost be like a step down. And so for us, it was kind of like, oh, man, like they're coming out of this set. It's going to be like more for beginners and like. Yeah, but then you actually. got Then got to, we got into it.
0: You got into it. And it took a while for everybody to get into it because it seems like that first nationals kind of happened, um, the one where they had to change it from Pennsylvania to, I think, Maryland because of COVID, that it, it seemed like. LOC wasn't given enough space to affect the meta yet. But then, as people dove into it after that, it got to where, like, post exiliates kind of started standing on their own. Jaden made sure that that got enough publicity and things. And you end up realizing that the set isn't just, oh, this is for starters or, or, you know, people starting out the game. These these meek flip characters are still one of the coolest things since we've got into the game. Like, I really like those.
1: The fact that you can use your ability, flip your character, and then your opponent can't like t- you know, ban to him and use the ability. Like, you know, and things like yeah. that. Like just a little stuff like that. If I could have some a really good offense, but if you have somebody that can ban to them, now you have my incredible offense. You know? Yes. And that's exactly how one of my games get went against Jeremy. He had um he went Ezekiel to cherubim to Moses, uh, the Moses negates everything. And he sh- and then he had a uh, Hezekiah's signet ring. This was when of you know my first like tournament probably, and he shut me down. I couldn't I couldn't search. I didn't have any territory class. I couldn't play anything. Yeah. And all I did was I had one character that could band Ezekiel. So uh, I had Mighty Men is what it was. So I'd go in with Mighty Men, band Ezekiel, band a chair of them, band of Moses, rescue his soul. He would come in, <laughs> band Ezekiel. Cheerful Moses rescue my soul, and that's how the game went, and he won. But, but you know, the the meek, you know, there's strategy to that, and uh, bouncing them and all that stuff. It's it's really cool how it how it all ended up.
0: All right, so we don't have a lot of time on this because um, we went a little long on the on the starter decks, but just real quick for 15, 20 minutes. Let's let's go over the early impacts of the double Rs. We'll call it, and that's rotation and the reserve rule which is no reserve for the first turn what are you seeing is the most impactful differences now that those are happening
1: in the few games i've played so far like on lackey and whatnot um a few things that i've seen is a lot people are playing a lot more defense um i used to love playing elisha because I could get rid of an enhancement out of your deck, and, of course, Hidden Treasures could do the same thing. That was one of my favorite things, just to go straight in with Elisha and Hidden Treasures early, and then even having Melchizedek out that could protect souls, and if you search, get another evil card out. It was like, man, I could cripple you right off the bat because you're only playing two or three enhancements anyway you know, in your deck. Um, But now I do feel like people are more balanced when it comes to offense and defense, and um, there's not as many of the as many of the setup cards you know going in because going in the reserve because of the reserve rule um and I do think that I do think that more themes are actually competitive
0: all right, so specifically, let me ask you about lost soul choices, and I'll go ahead and tell you that Remnant is out for me. yes, Hunter is probably out for yes. me. currently, it's out. I don't see any reason that I would put it back in. I left Exiles in because I was thinking that later on in the game, it could be extra benefit if I get it and I can get the artifact then. Or even if, like, I could get it potentially turn one with Prosperity, hit Prosperity, and then top deck of Star card that I discarded, something like that, to use the secondary effect um, or the second effect or ability, I mean, to get a top deck a Star card from your discard pile. I don't know what it is about Lackey, but Lackey loves turn one exiles to the point to where it has turned my stomach when you draw your opening eight and there's exiles, but you can't use it. Yeah, And it never seems to happen with when I can get it on turn one and have something in my discard pile that I could top deck. So I think Remnant, Exiles, and Hunter are out for me. I, I feel like Randy Jackson. I'm like, I look at those cards and... It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> it's a no for me. Like, I, I'm just going to have to – I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I just
1: – I think I took all three of those out immediately um, after, you know, the rotation and uh, turn one reserve. Um, I, I would say the three souls that I've seen uh, that in the games I've played have helped me tremendously, and I've never played them before this. Let, well, let
0: me – can I play a guessing game? Yes. Punisher, Lost Soul.
1: No. Really? You're We're not used to play that? Okay. I mean, I am playing that, but that's not one of the three I'm talking
0: oh, about. Oh, okay. These are three new ones that you put in after.
1: Yes, and that I've seen other people play them a lot too.
0: Had you had you not played them at all previously? I, or I, I
1: mean, I, I played them. There was one of them I don't think I'd ever played, but the other two.
0: I think Wanderer is an option because if they have a dead soul on their side, you could take their soul and then especially if you have something to negate opponent's lost souls so you can swap give them wanderer and then they're negated but you can use their like pull their exiles potentially yeah. use that and they they get a negated wanderer
1: well I was using I did put covet back in at first cuz I wanted to get soulgen cuz the turn one of uh the random turn one I was like dude I covet's going to be in every deck now you know it's going to take one, until
0: GOC because I think you're going to see a complete 180 on souls. Well, I took it out. I think New Testament is about to to be popping.
1: Well, I took it out because of what I saw was better than that. But, you know, Covet was very appealing to me at first with, um, you know, with Remnant and Exiles being taken out and Hunter, really, uh, because you go into their deck, get their best soul, you know, and it gives you a soul on their side that you can automatically get. So I really like that. But... The three that I've been running and that I've seen a lot of people run and have a lot of success with, especially with defense, is Dull Soul. Dull, it's yes. Getting a lot, you know, it, it, that that was a very good one, um, especially because, you know, they're going to look or search or do something. Are you going to also about. say Darkness? No. Okay, because right yeah, Darkness. Yeah,
0: Darkness and Dull is kind of like.
1: I do have Darkness. I know they do two right different now.
0: things, but it. I ended up always picking Darkness over that, but it felt like those kind of filled the same space yeah. in the lineup. But that's also without trying to – that's back when you were trying to fit Remnant, Exiles, and Hunter. You couldn't
1: help but have Exiles, Remnant, Hunter. So yeah. that, that really frees up three spots. So you got Dole Soul, you got Darkness, of course, but the other two were Lawless – which a lot of people were running, but it wasn't a must. But I think it, it kind of is now because that gets you another evil thing off of your deck, and you can potentially get some souls that you want out there, and then imitate. Um, so you uh, can imitate yeah. your Lawless or imitate your Dull Soul, and if they search in battle, you get two. So you know, uh, searches into your deck from Dull. Um, you know, each time they search, Dull,
0: dull is New Testament. Yes. Oh, okay. So. That's how long it's been since I played that one.
1: So you talk about defense having, like, it used to be, like, struggle to have, like, the right defense. Now it's like all these lost souls really can gear you towards always having something and probably and, what you need.
0: And I will give credit to people that that are making the rules, people above our pay grade, because if you want to promote battle interaction, how do you do it? You don't make me feel like I have to rely on the chump block. Mm-hmm. So now that you take out all these setup souls and what are people replacing them with that you've noticed is cards that beef up your defense. Yes. That make sure that you can always have a good chance at getting the block. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, personally, I've moved to almost like all counter souls. Yeah. Like counter heavy. Although, yeah. and, and I will say that I don't know if it's called crowds or protector i think i've seen it with both names the one that if you have not it's a gold border card. lost soul if you while you have drawn four or fewer cards this turn protect your your uh, i think deck and hand from opponents i prefer that over storehouse because it's an immediate benefit you draw in your opening hand you replace the draw boom now your hand's protected storehouse oh it's in my hand but i can't play it until my turn and then you don't get the benefit of the pool from your reserve until your next turn which is fine. That card still works with the reserve rule because you don't get it that turn anyway. But I would just much rather put that protection in place. It's almost just as easy to negate, get negated and whatnot, the soul versus the storehouse fortress. So I like that. So I I run that one, and then it seems like everything else is some kind of counter, except for, like I said, I had exiles in there, but Lackey loves turn one exile. So that's coming out. What do you think, how do you think early deck consistency has been affected? Because I showed you, the other day I texted you a picture of a setup I had with a deck that I was working on. Mm -hmm. And it almost looked like I didn't lose anything. Yeah, It almost did. But I built that deck intentionally to be able to use wages. You've got delivered. You've got the Emmaus Road. You've got offering your sign. Those are four cards for me that, if I can build a deck, a cohesive deck, they can use all, all four of them. Right now, that's the best thing to do because they can go and get you what you need. And then you throw in a potential Solomon's Dream, Jeshua, that can use things that are top deck to, for, for that benefit to, to turn into a draw. Um, and so it, it's just... And then even even to the point to where some of my choices, not that I'm making them exclusively based on it, but if it's close between two cards and one of them has a star ability that could benefit me so like i say a card that top deck something that's a that's an ability that previously i would have looked at and be like meh i don't care but now that i you have limited setup potential because of the reserve if you're playing jeshua and you can top deck something after you haven't established jeshua in territory that becomes a possibly strong benefit you you pair that with you pair that with Ru the Shepherd and Jeshua, and you top date Genesis cards and you draw two, but that's neither here nor there.
1: Yeah, well, just off a of book, book of the law, you're top decking the draw and then you're searching as soon as they block from hand. So it's, yeah, and then if you have Rue, like you said, I mean,
0: and then you the throw out decking. threshing floor.
1: This sounds all familiar. Yeah,
0: <laughs> sounds very familiar. Um,
1: so there's there's a lot of ways. There's more ways around the reserve rule now that we've had to go around it yes. than probably what we thought and
0: I think it brings out creativity I think there is an element of creativity with how you build a deck now to the point to where um, I had someone ask me earlier this week um, we were talking about Damascus Damascus is a card that might not have seen any play previously like I don't remember seeing anybody play it against me but now every time your opponent searches the deck you get to go plus one yeah how many times are they going to search their deck now on first turn versus their reserve? Because before you could have Damascus down, and they could oh well, I'll just search my reserve instead. And I want
1: to say it's search a deck, isn't it? So it could be your deck too.
0: Potentially, I, I don't remember. I don't I don't remember offhand, um, but I do know that you have the ability now to turn that card into a strong search counter or something that generates benefit to you. And so there's that card. And this is something I I told this person, and I've told other people that's asked, is I like to have one or two at least, sometimes three, depending on what you can fit in a deck, of cards that I don't care to get them in my hand, specifically. I don't put it in the deck to then, oh, I'm going to go and search it out. I put it there so when it hits my hand, it's a guaranteed benefit some kind of way. Damascus is one that can go and tutor an EC, evil character, early game, or if you draw it later on in the game, pop it down as a fortress, and then every time they search a deck, you get to get a draw one. And I I like, I like to put a couple of those cards in the deck that no matter when you get them, they offer some kind of benefit. I will say that the deck being less consistent overall has made me think about that a little bit more mm-hmm. to where you don't want to have a card in there that potentially even though it's in there and it's got a good benefit and could be beneficial when you draw it, you almost have to plan around to try to make sure every card slot offers you something. You know what I mean? Like yes, but I was Like saying. where you could you could you could free play it a little bit to where like this is a good card so I include it because when it gets to me, I have multiple ways to use it. But now it's almost like is that card better for your deck than something that's a guaranteed this helps you set up now that the reserve rule is in place because you have to you have to make up a little bit of what you lose.
1: Yes, I would also say and we can we're going to talk about this probably another week. But I think that the 57 card decks are actually optional.
0: There, to still be It was actually listed tonight as a as a potential talking right. point there. Well. But I mean, yeah, more in depth. Like all of these are things that as we continue to figure out what the meta is before GOC. Because if you don't know what it is before GOC, it's going to take you a lot more work afterwards to find out what it is and how it shifts. So we'll keep working towards identifying what it is and what people are playing and and how rotation has affected the game. And then we'll see GOC hit and the effects of it. Um, But, yeah, 56 is – Jaden put this on – on Discord, like if you're playing fifty six, you might as well play fifty seven. Yeah, grab the extra dominant. And I almost wonder if, almost wonder if most tournament decks, at least right now, where tournaments don't really matter so much because you're not into your state and regional tournaments yet. And until until GOC comes out, I almost wonder if like fifty seven is not going to be just as popular as fifty.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see that for sure. And now I think people. To be honest, like our human nature, we've always played 50 for the most part. You don't see 57 in a tournament. 49 and a hopper. 40, 49 and a hopper, right? Um, that's going to be hard to break, and and you really have to.
0: In to, order to stay consistent. Even to though pull it, it's pull the trigger in a tournament. It's almost contradictory you know? because yeah. you're like, okay, you're more consistent at 50, but then you're like, I've got to replace my deck losing that consistency, so now I need to add more cards that get you over 50. It's almost like a contradiction, but, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, if you can add cards that allow you to search your deck to make sure you get what you need then versus just the odd chances being in your favor at 50, it's almost like you take that chance a little bit.
1: Yeah. Will you take that chance?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I have a current deck. I have a current deck that is at 56, and I tried to cut it to 50. And I just don't know, I know what I would cut. That's not my problem. My problem is just when I run it at 50 versus when I run it at the 56 and know what other dominant I would pick and I already know what card I would swap out for the soul to run at 57. So when I say run at 56, I'm basically running at 57. It's almost like the pull of instead of going down to 50, from the the fifty six it's sitting at now, knowing the other couple changes to get to fifty seven, the pull to go to fifty seven is a lot easier and stronger that pull versus getting down to fifty.
1: Yeah, and I th- I mean I think that if your strategy was to hide souls, fifty six is looking real good because you can play a slower game. Yes, you don't have to keep up with a throne deck
0: until GOC comes out, and then when um, <laughs> well, harvest time starts yeah. playing your souls and your strategy is going Bye bye. Yeah that that would uh, that would do it. But um, so do you want to do you want to talk about what you're what you're building currently? And I will I will I will talk about what I'm building. I mean, um. Mine's a little more personal to me because I think it might be what I continue building at least until GOC comes out and maybe after.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, I mean, I, I definitely think I'll change when GOC comes out, but I could see where, especially like when they put a card like David's Harp in there, like they're they're baiting you to stay Old Testament, you know, like or just they are baiting
0: you and they're offering you the benefit of shuffling a demon. Yes. So so
1: I'm looking like okay, yes I'll I will obviously build some decks and play around with them and stuff. But I mean in a tournament, if there's a few cards like Davis Harp out there that can add and still and like I know this deck I uh, you know I know how to I know what the strategy I'm going for. Maybe they make GOC so wonderful that you just can't help but play it. But if it's not like that, I can see where some people still play like a Daniel deck or they play you know, Ruth or they play some of these other ones. I think
0: I think Daniel lost too much. Yeah. I,
1: but, you know, you were just talking about that Angel potentially being potentially, a, potentially being a But Gabe also said that
0: they would if if it was that or whatever it is, it's going to go into more than one deck. So it wouldn't be exclusively Daniel. Yeah. And I think Daniel needs support almost that's exclusively Daniel to make up for what they lost to make them relevant. So, um and I did I did like that Tyler last week. Um to that conversation mentioned that he's keeping a list of decks what they lost and things so that they know next few sets or next time there's an opportunity to create a promo card to try to help out certain certain themes that got hit Right now
1: I'm more experimenting with defenses than anything uh, for now until GOC comes out Are you playing animals? I'm not playing animals I'm playing animals uh, The two things I'm playing the most are Philistines that's what I'm most used to and uh, I feel like I've had a pretty good luck with uh, the Syrians, uh, the gray. Um, now Jaden completely destroyed that the other week, but I, he just had a really. I feel like he had obviously it's Jaden, so he's, I'm not I'm not worried about losing everything. <laughs> but he embarrassed he embarrassed the defense pretty good. I, uh, think, with this, the offense he I ran, think this I think this
0: you said this video is more than likely going to be his video for redemption with Jaden this week. Oh, this week or next. I think oh. he
1: may have another live stream this week or something. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Well, so
0: he recorded it, and so you'll get to see the... Maybe in the, the next few weeks. The demoli- <laughs> demolition of Brad's <laughs> test deck.
1: <laughs> but then you'll see me explain everything that I was going to wipe him out with. <laughs> yeah. So
0: I I have currently been experimenting with insert specific card here. What's the specific card, Brad? Um, That would be adam no no (laughs) see adam adam was the first man and this person has something in common with adam because after the flood seeded and his family came from the ark he was the elder first man at that point i guess (laughs) i don't know anyway we're talking about noah obviously and it's only because right now there's so much going on externally to where like I'm I'm doing things for the podcast. I'm doing things um work, work is work is work. Um that's consistent. And then we've got some issues at home. I just haven't had a time had time to sit down and focus on completely building out brand new decks. Yeah. So it's easier to take something that I'm comfortable with and just kinda tweak it for the new rules, get used to the rules and how they affect deck building. And I'm also looking forward to GOC so much that I'm really just kind of biding my time until that drops. So I'm building Noah, and Jay and myself were talking a while back about how rotation kind of kills King Noah. And he told me, King Noah does not die. It gets better because you use gates of Jerusalem, and you have battle extension there. You use Mary to protect you use all kinds of meek support, book of the law, all of that threshing floor, wall of protection, well, just layer things. And then he was like, and you can use Peter because if they kill Noah, if they beat him, you can heal him with Peter. He doesn't die, which saves your a royal priesthood. So he heals him in territory. Then you use gates of Jerusalem to add your new king to battle. It's pretty nifty because Peter only requires that it's a meek or not a meek I'm sorry clay I might have said meek multiple times but I mean clay so he's a clay hero because he's all brigades Hmm. and he was he was working this strategy in my head to where I tried to build it and it had too many cards so I just kind of tossed it out and that's not to say it can't work it potentially can work and if anybody can put it together it's probably Jay but I have decided that just because Noah lost the throne of David doesn't mean he can't have a throne. So I'm not gonna tell you exactly what throne he has. <laughs> but I will tell you that I've got a Well, you have told me. I have told you <laughs> and I have told I have told a couple of people. So if you know, then you, you know you know if, if you know, you know, okay. <laughs> but I have built what I think is the I think it's better than the other version of King Noah. I legitimately think it's better than the King Noah triggering throne of David top decking with Jeshua book of the law all of that. I think it's in theory and I've got it built again sitting at 56 depending on getting down to 50 or 57 but I think it's I think it's far and away better than what I had before. In your give me your honest opinion here for all the people you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Do you think, based in theory alone, because you haven't seen it in, in in work yet, you haven't seen it work out, I showed you a setup pick off of some goldfish hands. Do you think it's better than what I had before?
1: I think that it will definitely catch a lot of defenses off guard. Um, I could see certain defenses giving it trouble, but not many. So, uh, yeah, I, it's definitely better than the, what you had before. So I'm excited. I haven't seen it in play, so I I think I think it
0: also sets up easier. Not necessarily faster because you lose reserve access, but I think it sets up easier. You don't have to pull as many strings.
1: Yeah. So long as you know, I mean, it's going to be hard to stop. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But if if somebody's playing a heavy defense, I can see where it would give it some trouble, but.
0: I hope you. I hope you have five negates for a battle. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, because yes. you're probably going to need them to win. Yeah, that,
1: that are CBP. Uh, or yeah, CBN there's got to be
0: too. CB. Yeah, cannot be prevented or cannot be negated. Yeah, so I mean, because my my negates are cannot be negated.
1: That's one thing that really. They're also not in play. That's one thing that really gives. I won't. A, a I won't. I won't say anymore. Is if you can negate the Philistines before battle, you know, with somebody like Noah, that's. You know, other than uh, Philistine Arm Bears and um, Goliath, you know, a lot of them are CBI or nothing. So
0: I will say, though, that I think in theory it's got me more excited than the previous one did when I first discovered it. But again, that's what I'm doing. And I think most people are probably doing that, falling back on something that they're familiar with as they try to adapt to the new rules and you adapt something you know inside and out. And then as GOC comes out, phase one, we'll start seeing an explosion of creative decks. Um, And that's something that I'll go ahead and say that we're wrapping up the conversation here. But in the future, one, one episode that I want to do is going to be going and compiling a list of all of the spoiled cards for GOC and doing a comprehensive preview. Because there's cards that we've forgotten about that have been spoiled. Or maybe they got spoiled with just the image so that you know the card's coming like i think one was imitating evil or no i'm sorry destructive sin i remember it was one of the one of the early spoilers and it was just a little faint bit of the star ability and you know you know we had to find out what that star ability did i think at the time it discarded a good card from a reserve but i don't know if it still does that cuz obviously things can change that we don't know about but just go back and see all the things that are potentially coming out and again some of those spoilers before they separated into two phases won't necessarily be what's coming out in january but it kind of paint the picture of the whole goc set from what we know information we know so far another episode that we want to have is getting some of the brain trust of the love at first sight deck so that's there's four main people involved with that and that's chad who see the tree on the boards Joe Schaefer, who's the Schaefer, then Jay, who is red or flooded red, and then Jeremy, I am bred, or Jeremiah, Jeremiah Hope- Hope-bringer. Hopebringer. He's got two different ones. Okay. All right. Um, and getting, getting some or potentially all of those on and talking about how this went from a card interaction to a full-fledged combo deck. And even though it's been talked about a lot, I think there's a lot of value that someone can be presented with when you realize that it's okay to branch out, it's okay not to build decks 100% solo on your own. You don't have to come up with something you think is going to be, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to think you have a deck that's going to take people by storm and just run away with the field, like beating the field. It's okay to branch out and ask people their opinion. Find you a couple of people you trust and build decks together. That's that's part of the benefit of this community is it's nice to be able to communicate and Branch out and talk to people that share your same potential. Potentially, I won't assume that everyone shares the same faith, but we're we're obviously playing a faith based game, like the source material and things. And you can you can just get to know people on a pretty deep level, and I th- I think that's pretty cool. And to follow up that, I think on another episode would be cool to have Josh, um, Kevin, the dude, sit down, the guy that won Type One Two Player and talk about the counter strategy and how he built the counter deck. I know he put his deck list out and gave some thoughts behind it and kind of a review of the games, but kind of sit down to the point to where he wasn't even going to come to Nationals, got talked into it, goes ahead and builds the deck that breaks the combo. Um,
1: Uh, You know, nothing special. (laughs) And
0: and, um, also, I think if there's enough interest and you guys can reach out, by the way, I will say if you've hung on this long, this week I got so many so many kind words from people that said that they enjoyed the podcast and they're, they're enjoying the content. And I know I don't really comment that much on it or, or say that much in feedback because this is completely new to me and all. And I, I will say that I appreciate all the kind words and I'm glad that people are enjoying it. And if you are enjoying it and there's something specific that you would like to hear discussed or a, a potential guest that you'd like to hear on the podcast... Any suggestions you guys have, just feel free to reach out through direct message or, or comment on the uh the post or whatnot. At J six four two six. But um last year I organized when I was helping with Land of Redemption, I organized a Christmas card swap. And we had we had a decent decent amount of people. Um not quite as many as I would have hoped would have done it. But if you guys are interested in doing that again this year, I will organize that. So just let me know. Reach out. And And if I get enough interest.
1: What exactly is the Christmas
0: card swap. Last year we did where you chose all on the new card face because we knew rotation was coming. You choose at least one rare or higher card. So it could be a promo or rare and ultra rare. Whatever it just base level is, it's got to be a rare. And then at least two, I think it was three total cards, so two commons, so one one rare at least and then two commons, and those are the basic requirements, and you submit those to, so basically you'll, you'll let me know that you're registering, and we'll gather everyone's addresses. We'll do like a, a roulette wheel or whatever, and we'll pair people up, and then you will send your cards to someone, and someone will send cards to you. And the minimum requirement is that rare and two commons, rare are higher, but you can put as much as you want to into it. I forget who I had last year. I think it might have been Robin uh, Dermo. And I sent a pretty cool card I found at Walgreens. It was fantastic. It popped out, and it was like a manger, I think. Um, I sent that, and I sent some some candies and things. I sent maybe a deck box and some card sleeves. I don't, I don't remember specifically. I think I wanted to do that. I don't know if I actually ever did. But then I sent an entire philistine defense loc had come out and uh, i had extra copies of some of that stuff and some of it i had to actually reach out and and uh, purchase so that i had enough but i sent an entire philistine defense so you could just here here's the basic gist of it you can pop this into a deck and play it i thought that was pretty cool to send a whole theme
1: yeah, you know, something like that, or if you're lazy, you could just order some packs and send it to them, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah, because a
0: pack does give you at least one rare yeah, and, and two commons. So That's the know. easy way. And so, so that's kind of why I did it, so that if you just wanted to do a booster pack, it kind of feels that as well.
1: So, yeah, it gives, you as, it gives you the idea or the chance to be creative and fun, uh, you know, doing something like – a whole defense, or I will say,
0: and I'm not going to tell you who I got because I don't want to put pressure on them. That if you if they sign up again and you get them, that they'll do the the same. But I got a Nats promo priest of Zeus. Hmm. I got a prophets of Gebeth, however you say that. I think that's what it was. And then I got a copy of Gold Border Shipwreck. I think so basically and and i I don't know if that was all, but I think that's what I remember and i I didn't expect that I had no expectations of that, but potentially you sign up and someone wants to bless the person that they're they're given in the name exchange, and you end up with that
1: I mean it is christmas it is it is the
0: spirit of giving and it might it might take hold of you, it might rip through your collection and take some of those cards,
1: hey sacrifice, yeah.
0: So about it. anyway, so we'll get it ready to wrap this up. And if you held on, I know that we went really long tonight, but it was kind of a couple of topics we tried to squeeze together here, but appreciate you for hanging on. Thanks, Brad. I saw that Lacey called you a minute ago. So you're probably in trouble. What's We're so probably hard? in trouble together. Um, but yeah, we do it for the fans. Yeah, we do it for the fans. <laughs> we do it all for you. Yeah, we, we sleep in the doghouse for you guys. Right. All right. Appreciate you tuning in. Catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks again, everyone, if you held on this long. Sorry it went a little bit longer. You get me and Brad together in a room, and there's no telling where the conversation is going to go. I know we tailed off in a couple of rabbit holes, and that kind of pushed it back, but I don't think anybody's made any complaints yet about the length of it. And if it takes you two or three days to listen, that's two or three days' worth of redemption content that you have. So thanks again for tuning in be on the lookout for the next episode and we'll talk to you next week. Peace.